Welcome to this week's episode of FTR's Weekly Trucking Update Podcast, hosted by Avery Weiss. Join Avery each week as he dissects everything from market trends to economic indicators to explore how these factors are shaping the trucking landscape. Download the graphics package at ftrintel.com slash podcasts. And feel free to use those slides as you defend your transportation thought leadership within your own company. So, buckle up as we embark on a journey through the dynamic and ever-changing world of trucking. And now, here's your host, Avery Weiss. Welcome to FDR's Weekly Trucking Market Update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 245 for the week of January 2nd, 2024. Happy New Year. Before we start, a reminder you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. We were off during the holidays, so the last podcast was two weeks ago, and we have quite a bit to catch up on. We'll start with some notable developments outside the realm of economic and market data. For starters, there is a major acquisition forthcoming. Montreal-based trucking conglomerate TFI International said it had agreed to acquire Dasky, which is a Texas-based holding company of nine carriers in the flatbed and specialized market. The agreement to purchase the publicly traded Dasky at $8.30 in cash per common share of stock places the enterprise value of Dasky at about $1.1 billion, Dasky said. The transaction is expected to close during the second quarter of this year. TFI operates a large number of specialized trucking companies, but only a few of them are based in the U.S. The largest of those is BTC, which is a bulk operation, as opposed to the platform operators that Dasky owns. TFI previously has owned van truckload operations in the U.S., but do not currently have van operations, in truckload at least, Uh, In the U.S., we think of TFI mostly in the context of LTL through its T-Force Freight Unit, which is the former UPS freight operation that TFI purchased several years ago. Okay, there are at least um, two notable regulatory developments over the holidays. One of them is no surprise at all, as the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration basically said months ago uh, that this was coming. The agency is inviting comments on petitions filed by several parties seeking waivers of the agency's prior decisions, which occurred during the Trump administration, declaring that meal and rest break rules for certain drivers um, were preempted by federal regulation. FMCSA several months ago had invited those petitions, uh, which were due in mid-November. Interestingly, while the state of California is one of the petitioners, the state of Washington is not. However, there were other petitions covering both states filed by the Teamsters Union and a couple of truck safety advocacy groups. Comments on the petitions are due February 26th. Another notable development that also involves California occurred on December 28th when the California Air Resources Board, or CARB, issued a notice stating that it has decided not to take any enforcement action regarding its advanced clean fleets as it applies or advanced clean fleets rule as it applies to drayage or high priority fleets until the US Environmental Protection Agency either grants a preemption waiver or otherwise determines that a waiver is not necessary. 
By the way, a high-priority fleet is one with $50 million or more in gross annual revenue, or one that operates or directs the operation of 50 or more vehicles. Under the Advanced Clean Fleets rule, those operations were subject to reporting requirements and were restricted in the number of diesel trucks they could add to their California operations beginning January 1st of this year. The goal of the Advanced Clean Fleets rule is to achieve 100% zero emissions uh, truck fleet in the state by the middle of the century. CARB did encourage fleets to comply with the regulations voluntarily, and it warned fleets that if they do add internal combustion engine vehicles to their California fleet after December 31st of 2023, they should expect to be informed that they might be required to remove those vehicles added after January 1 once EPA grants a waiver. Okay, before we get into the usual data, I wanted to discuss changes in the for hire carrier population during December and during the fourth quarter of last year. The number of carriers exiting the market fell significantly in December, but so did the number of newly authorized carriers. Net revocations of trucking authority, that's total revocations minus reinstatements of authority, totaled 5,852 for higher carriers in December, according to FDR's analysis of FMCSA data. The December total of uh, net revocations is more than 1,000 below the November figure and is actually the fewest in a month since April of 2022. We could be seeing the combined effects of steadily falling diesel prices and spot rates that are stable or better. However, it's also worth noting that the decrease in net revocations versus November could be exaggerated a bit by the fact, as we discussed a month ago, that FMCSA had engaged in special regulatory enforcement in November that arguably cleared out some dead wood. It's probably not a dramatic effect, but it certainly is a possibility. Now, it remains to be seen whether net revocations will continue to fall or will settle or potentially even increase. If you want a sense of how much further net revocations might fall, the average during 2019 was just over 3,400 per month, uh, and that was the most ever prior to the pandemic. The average during 2018, by the way, was fewer than 2,600 a month. So that's well below the 5,800 plus that we had in December. Now, you might presume that fewer carriers failing might also mean more carriers entering the market, but you would be wrong in that assumption. In December, FMCSA authorized 3,741 new for hire carriers in trucking. That is down more than 600 from November, and it's the fewest carriers since May of 2020. Uh, it's just barely above the average of just over 3,600 carriers per month that were added during 2019. With both exits and entries failing the or falling, the, the net decrease in the for higher trucking population during December was 2,111. That is down only about 400 from November. If we look at the data on a quarterly basis, however, the fourth quarter saw the largest decline in the number of for hire uh, carriers ever uh, on a net basis, just over 7,200. That surpassed the second quarter of 2023, 
which saw a decrease of just over 5,100 carriers when we net out uh, new carriers and net revocations. Now, net revocations in Q4 were not as high as they were in Q2 or Q1. Uh, Q1, by the way, is the record at this point. However, the number of newly authorized carriers in the fourth quarter was far below both the first and second quarters. While we aren't discussing all of those numbers in the podcast, the PDF accompanying this week's podcast does include charts on quarterly figures. As we have discussed frequently, an analysis of carrier population changes is useful in understanding market dynamics, but it doesn't really tell us the net change in driver capacity, which is the most important thing, because we must account for drivers hired by larger carriers. We'll get a better idea of that later this week when the Bureau of Labor Statistics issues its employment situation report for December. Okay, let's discuss diesel prices. Overall, there hasn't been much change since we discussed this two weeks ago. During the week ended December 25th, diesel prices did tick up two cents, uh, ending at eight weeks, the consecutive weeks of decline for prices. But in the latest week, the week ended January 1st, diesel prices fell 3.8 cents to $3.87.6 cents a gallon. Prices were down in all regions during the latest week. Meanwhile, crude prices haven't moved much, but the moves have been mostly downward. West Texas Intermediate did close on December 26th at its highest price of the month of December, but on January 2nd, it closed at $70.38 a barrel, and that is the lowest price since December 13th. If crude were to stay in this range, or perhaps even move lower, further easing of diesel prices would seem likely. Okay, let's talk about the spot market for truck freight during the final couple of weeks of the year. We'll limit this discussion to rates because the effects on spot volume were predictable during the holidays. Fueled mainly by one of the largest increases in refrigerated spot rates ever, broker-posted rates in the truck stop system surged their highest level since early July during the week into December 29th. The total rate uh, increase of just under 10 cents was the largest since the next to last week of 2022. The last time refrigerated rates saw a larger spike than they did uh, in the latest week was the final week of 2017. Meanwhile, dry van's rate gain was the largest since May, and dry van spot rates were the highest in just under a year. On the other hand, flatbed spot rates fell by the most since July and were at their lowest level since July of 2020. The week before that, which was the week into December 22nd, had seen the largest increase in total rates since mid-May. In the latest week, the total broker-posted rate increased 9.9 cents. That was after rising a bit more than 5 cents in the previous week. Rates, which were at their highest level since the week into July 7th, were about 12% below the same 2022 week and nearly 7% below the five-year average. Now, we've had very strong increases in the last couple of weeks, but I would caution that that is due almost totally to the major disruption in capacity during the holiday week. Uh, In general, the strong rate increase has proved to have very little bearing in the past on how rates perform in January and beyond. In fact, if we go back to 2021, we had a record level in refrigerated and dry van rates 
at the end of the year or at least the beginning of the following year, and then they fell steadily after that. Okay, let's look at rates by segment. We'll start with refrigerated, which saw rates surge 40 cents during the final week of 2023 after rising nearly 15 cents during the previous week. Over the last decade at least, the only larger increase in refrigerated rates that we've seen in any given week was 42.6 cents a mile during the final week of 2017. Rates were at the highest level since the first week of last year and were about 13% below the 2022 week and almost 8% below the five-year average. Dry van spot rates increased 9.4 cents after rising uh, 8 cents in the prior week. The increase in the latest week was the largest since the week of the International Road Check event back in May. Although not as large as the gain during the final week of 2021 when rates set a record that still stands, the increase in drive-in rates was larger than is typical for a final week of the year. Drive-in rates were down nearly 12% relative to the same 2022 week and more than 11% below the five-year average. And finally, flatbed spot rates fell 5.6 cents after rising nearly 2 cents during the prior week. Flatbed rates typically fall during the final week of the year, although the decrease was larger than normal. Rates were nearly 14% below the same 2022 week and almost 5% below the five-year average. Let's wrap up the weekly data with a quick look at mortgage rates, which have fallen nearly 1.2 percentage points over the past nine weeks. In the latest week, the average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was 6.61%, according to Freddie Mac. We'll stick with the housing market and discuss home building and home sales. We'll start with residential construction. Housing starts jumped just under 15% month-over-month, seasonally adjusted in November, for the strongest gain in a single month since May. Starts were up 9.3% year-over-year, which is the strongest comparison since April of 2022. Housing starts were especially strong for single-family homes, which were up 18% month-over-month. Starts of housing units in multifamily dwellings of five or more units were up about 9%. Single-family starts were up more than 42% year-over-year, while multifamily starts were down nearly 34% year-over-year. However, multifamily homes under construction are up about 8% year-over-year, while single-family homes under construction are down nearly 11%. Permits authorized for future construction declined 2.5% month-over-month, but were up about 4% year-over-year. Permits had not seen a positive year-over-year comparison since July of 2022. Okay, let's talk home sales, starting with sales of existing homes. Sales of existing single-family homes rose just under 1% month-over-month in November, Not a big increase, but it's the first since February, and it's only the second increase month over month since January of 2022. Sales were down 7.3% year over year, but that is actually the strongest comparison since April of 2022, according to data provided by the National Association of Realtors. The supply of existing homes remains historically tight. Uh, The inventory of existing homes in the market at uh, existing sales rate, ticked down to 3.5 months in November from 3.6 months in October. Although up from lows during the pandemic, 
inventories are significantly below the 4.2 months average between 2015 and 2019. But it wasn't all good news for home sales. Sales of new homes plunged more than 12% in November for the largest single month drop since April of 2022. New home sales were up just 1.4% year over year. That is the weakest comparison since last March. The supply of new homes on the market at current sales rate jumped to 9.2 months, which is the highest level in a year. Okay, let's move on and we'll talk about consumer spending. The U.S. consumer is showing no signs of slowing down as spending adjusted for inflation moved up three-tenths of a percent month over month uh, in November for the third straight record spending level. Real spending on goods rose a half a percent, outpacing real spending on services, which were up two-tenths of a percent. Real spending was a record in both goods and services. Uh, The record in goods spending replaced September, which had surpassed stimulus-fueled spending in April of 2021. Real spending on durable goods rose just under a percent, while real spending on non-durable goods was up three-tenths of a percent. Within goods, the leading contributors to the increase were recreational goods and vehicles, clothing and footwear, and furnishings and durable household equipment. Uh, The personal savings rate ticked up to 4.1%. In November, the savings rate was higher than September and October, but otherwise the lowest since December of 2022. So consumer spending is not exactly growing robustly, but it is holding up quite well, and that has surprised many pundits. One factor might be just how strong consumer finances are, and we got some interesting data from the Federal Reserve last month that helps explain why spending is so solid. The Fed tracks quarterly finances of households, and in December it revealed uh, or revised those figures based on access to better data. The upshot is that consumers at the 90th percentile in wealth and below have about half a trillion dollars more in cash reserves than the Fed thought that they had previously. Now, cash reserves are draining, but probably not as quickly as you think. The PDF accompanying this podcast includes charts showing how the Fed's current estimate matches up with its prior estimate. Okay, we'll touch on one final set of data this week. New orders for durable manufactured goods jumped 5.4% in November, but that figure is distorted by an 80% surge in new orders for civilian aircraft. If we exclude transportation equipment, New orders increased a more normal half a percent and were up 2% year-over-year. The year-over-year comparison for new orders excluding transportation equipment was the strongest since October of 2022. New orders for core capital goods, that's non-defense capital goods excluding aircraft, rose eight-tenths of a percent seasonally adjusted, as was the case with durable uh, orders excluding transportation Core capital goods uh, were up 2% year-over-year in nominal terms. As we have noted, Census Bureau data on manufacturing orders is not adjusted for inflation. As producer-level inflation has moderated, pricing uh, is less of an issue in month-over-month comparisons, but it still matters in year-over-year comparisons. On a current dollar basis, as I said, new orders for core capital goods are up 2% year-over-year. But if we adjust for the uh, 
uh, producer price index for private capital equipment, new orders actually are down 1.1% year-over-year, according to our estimates. Okay, let's recap some key takeaways for the week. TFI International will acquire flatbed specialized operator Dasky. FMCSA seeks comments on whether to allow California and Washington to regulate drivers' meal and rest breaks. California is holding off uh, on enforcing its advanced clean fleets rule for now. The number of carriers exiting and entering the market both declined in December. Diesel prices continued to move lower. Spot rates for van equipment surged during the final week of 2023 due to capacity shortfalls. Mortgage rates have fallen for nine straight weeks. Housing starts rose sharply in November. Sales of existing homes ended their prolonged decline in November. Sales of new homes, however, plunged to a 12-month low. Consumer spending rose during November. Americans have more cash than previously thought. And durable goods orders increased modestly, excluding a surge in transportation equipment orders. Next week, we'll dig into the labor market with a look at job openings for November and the employment situation for December, which includes employment for trucking. We'll also look at the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Index and at data from the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse. Plus, we'll recap the week in diesel prices and the spot market for truck freight as usual. That's it for FTR's Trucking Market Update, episode 25 for the week of January 2nd, 2024. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we hope you will join us next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's Trucking Update podcast with Avery Weiss. Be sure to check out FTR's additional complimentary market coverage at ftrintel.com slash state dash of dash freight dash today.